Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today is episode 10 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral six. A gracious heart is contented by the melting of his will and desires into God's will and desires. By this means, he gets contentment. This too is a mystery to a carnal heart. It is not by having his own desires satisfied, but by melting his will and desires into God's will, so that, in one sense, he comes to have his desires satisfied, though he does not obtain the thing that he desired before. Still, he comes to be satisfied with this because he makes his will to be at one with God's will. This is a small degree higher than submitting to the will of God. You all say that you should submit to God's will. A Christian has got beyond this. He can make God's will and his own the same. It is said of believers that they are joined to the Lord and are one spirit. That means that whatever God's will is, I do not only see good reason to submit to it, but God's will is my will. When the soul can make over, as it were, its will to God, it must needs be contented. Others would fain get the thing they desire, but a gracious heart will say, Oh, what God would have, I would have too. I will not only yield to it, but I would have it too. A gracious heart has learned this art, not only to make the commanding will of God to be its own will, that is, what God commands me to do, I will do it, but to make the providential will of God and the operative will of God to be his will too. God commands this thing, which perhaps you who are Christians may have some skill in, but whatever God works, you must will, as well as what God commands. You must make God's providential will and his operative will, your will, as well as God's will, and in this way, you must come to contentment. A Christian makes over his will to God, and in making over his will to God, he has no other will but God's. Suppose a man were to make over his debt to another man. If the man to whom I owe the debt be satisfied and contented, I am satisfied because I have made it over to him and I need not be discontented and say, my debt is not paid off and I am not satisfied. Yes, You are satisfied, for he to whom you made over your debt is satisfied. It is just the same for all the world between God and a Christian. A Christian heart makes over his will to God. Now then, if God's will is satisfied, then I am satisfied, for I have no will of my own. It is melted into the will of God. That is the excellence of grace. Grace does not only subject the will to God, but it 
melts the will into God's will so that they are now but one will. What a sweet satisfaction the soul must have in this condition when all is made over to God. You will say, this is hard. I will express it a little more. A gracious heart must needs have satisfaction in this way because godliness teaches him this, to see that his good is more in God than in himself. The good of my life and comforts and my happiness and my glory and my riches are more in God than in myself. We may perhaps speak more of that when we come to the lessons that are to be learned. It is by this that a gracious heart gets contentment. He melts his will into God's, for he says, If God has glory, I have glory. God's glory is my glory, and therefore God's will is mine. If God has riches, then I have riches. If God is magnified, then I am magnified. If God is satisfied, then I am satisfied. God's wisdom and holiness is mine, and therefore his will must needs be mine, and my will must needs be his. This is the art of a Christian's contentment. He melts his will into the will of God and makes over his will to God. O Lord, thou shalt choose our inheritance for us. Psalm 47, 4. Roman numeral 7. The mystery consists not in bringing anything from outside to make my condition more comfortable, but in purging out something that is within. Now, the men of the world, when they would have contentment and lack anything, oh, they must have something from outside to content them. But a godly man says, let me get something out that is in already, and then I shall come to contentment. Suppose a man has a fever. That makes what he drinks taste bitter, he says. You must put some sugar into my drink. His wife puts some in, and still, the drink tastes bitter. Why? Because the bitterness comes from a bitter, choleric humor within. But let the physician come and give him a bitter potion to purge out the bitterness that is within, and then he can taste his drink well enough. It is just the same with the men of the world. Oh, such circumstances are bitter, and if I could have such and such a mercy added to this mercy, then it would be sweet. But even if God should put a spoonful or two of sugar in, it would still be bitter. The way to contentment is to purge out your lusts and bitter humors. From whence are wars and strifes? Are they not from your lusts that are within you? James 4, 1. They are not so much from things outside, but from within. I have said sometimes, not all the storms that are abroad can make an earthquake, but the vapors that have got within. So if those lusts that are within, in your heart, were got out, your condition would be a contented condition. 
These are the mysterious ways of godliness that the men of the world never think of. When did you ever think of such a way as this, to go and purge out the diseases of your heart that are within? Here are seven particulars now named, and there are many more. Without the understanding of these things and the practice of them, you will never come to a true contentment in your life. Oh, you will be bunglers in this trade of Christianity. But the right perceiving of these things will help you to be instructed in it, as in a mystery. Chapter 3. The Mystery of Contentment Continued. The mystery of contentment may be shown even more. A gracious heart gets contentment in a mysterious way, a way that the world is not acquainted with. Roman numeral 8. He lives upon the dew of God's blessing. Adrian Junius used the simile of a grasshopper to describe a contented man and says he has this motto. I am content with what I have and hope for better. A grasshopper leaps and skips up and down and lives on the dew. A grasshopper does not live on the grass as other things do. You do not know what it feeds on. Other things, though as little as grasshoppers, feed upon seeds or little flies and such things. But as for the grasshopper, you do not know what it feeds upon. In the same way, a Christian can get food that the world does not know of. He is fed in a secret way by the dew of the blessing of God. A poor man or woman who has but a little with grace lives a more contented life than his rich neighbor who has a great income. We find it so ordinarily. Though they have but a little, yet they have a secret blessing of God with it, which they cannot express to anyone else. If you were to come to them and say, How is it that you live as happily as you do? They cannot tell you what they have, but they find there is a sweetness in what they do enjoy, and they know by experience that they never had such sweetness in former times even though they had a greater abundance in former times than they have now. Yet they know they never had such sweetness. But how this comes about, they cannot tell. We may mention some considerations in what godly men enjoy, which make their condition sweet. For example, take these four or five considerations with which a godly man finds contentment in what he has, though it is ever so little. Number one, because in what he has, he has the love of God to him. If a king were to send a piece of meat from his own table, it would be a great deal more pleasant to a courtier than if he had 20 dishes as an ordinary allowance. If the king sends even a little thing and says, Go and carry it to that man as a token of my love. Oh, how delightful would that be to him. When your husbands are at sea and send you a token of their love, 
it is worth more than 40 times what you already have in your houses. Every good thing the people of God enjoy, they enjoy it in God's love, as a token of God's love, and coming from God's eternal love to them. And this must needs be very sweet to them. Number two, what they have is sanctified to them for good. Other men have what they enjoy in the way of common providence, but the saints have it in a special way. Others have what they have, and no more. Meat and drink, and houses, and clothes, and money, and that is all. But a gracious heart finds contentment in this. I have it, and I have a sanctified use of it, too. I find God goes along with what I have to draw my heart nearer to him and sanctify my heart to him. If I find my heart drawn nearer to God by what I enjoy, there is much more than if I have it without any sanctifying of my heart by it. There is a secret dew that goes along with it, the dew of God's love in it, and the dew of sanctification. This concludes episode 10 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.